With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Trevor, what a great ball, bro. You threw a dime on that. We just got to try to do the best we can, bro. I'm proud of you, bro. Nobody was back there in that pocket but you tonight. And you know what, man? Like, it's not moral victories, but, bro, you fought your off. And that's all we can ask for. Trevor, we're going to be just fine, bro. The effusive and candid thoughts of wide receiver Zay Jones mic'd up in Kansas City during the uh, divisional playoff game last Saturday. Catch it tonight in Jags Wired on Fox 30. And, of course, it'll be all across Jaguar social channels and on Jaguars.com. Welcome in. Final Jags drive time until late February. We'll take a few weeks off, regroup, and then get back to it. Um, he said they're going to be just fine. And I think all of us feel like he is exactly right. Yeah, I think anybody would tell you that it's important, and I don't doubt this team knows this and will follow this uh, thusly, if you will. Um, but we think they're going to be good. Yeah. And I think Trevor's going to be really good. Uh, we've talked about 96, all the comparisons, and I, I can't help it. I still feel that that team used that run as a launching pad to what we remember as a solid, rock-solid time for the franchise. Yeah. But you still have to go do it. Sure. And you still have to do the things around Trevor. He still has to grow. I mean, uh, as much as we're praising Trevor, if this is what he is, it's not good enough for his career. But this undoubtedly is a step. When I say that, you know, we all expect, and he expects to be elite otherworldly. This season was not otherworldly. This season was a fantastic step toward what I, I am sure he's going to be. Right. All that being said, it's still got to go there. Well, you got to get better. You know, I, I was asked a lot the last couple of weeks, why do you keep making the comparisons to 96? There are people that don't recall that. I said, well, there's reason number one to do that. Those who do not know history are often doomed to repeat it. The second thought on that, though, was we hadn't had a season like that since, right? right? So it, it, it made sense. So let's put the postscript, right, on the 97 team so that you understand what might happen here. The 97 team won 11 ball games mm -hmm. or two more than the team did in 96. 
but they got pounded in the wild card game by an energized Broncos team that ran for more than 300 yards against them that day. They didn't get good enough at stopping the run that year with two rookie tackles, Ronaldo Wynn and Seth Payne, and it wasn't until 98 that they were good enough to go on and win another playoff game. This team has plenty of areas to get mm -hmm. better, and we can talk about that ad nauseum. Right. But what they do is dependent on this offseason and yeah. how much better they get. Yeah, and you know, I, uh, I believe for the most part they're at a point in their, in their building where we're not going to see huge free agent moves. I think the improvement should and needs to now start coming more from within. You bet. You draft a draft class, uh, 2022. In, in 2022, I, I don't expect that to carry the franchise. In 2023, the 22 draft class needs to be the muscle. These are muscles, Brian, in I, case you didn't recognize no, I, it. I see it now. That needs to be the muscle of the franchise, and that needs to continue to do that. That will be – that's how you get to the Chiefs. Yes. That's how you get to the Bengals is drafting and developing and, and having a strong core of your roster. Yeah. I have no core. We <laughs> Neither did Brandon Sheriff, apparently, right. through the course of the season. And we did talk with Trent Baalke yesterday, and the Jaguars general manager acknowledged that this is that moment in time where the Jaguars franchise goes from being big spenders during free agency, which doesn't always work. It has the last two years but to one that relies on their draft classes, and that's what John got to. An important point there, Brian, um, for people who hear that and are used to reading everything about who won the offseason, because that's what we've been here for yeah. 10 years, and that's what you will see over the next three or four months, is who won the offseason. The Chiefs rarely win the offseason. I I don't think the Bengals won the offseason. I don't think the Colts year. ever won the offseason during right. the Peyton Manning era. So. While you're reading this and you're emailing me about why aren't they doing more, realize you don't maintain for 10 years winning the offseason every year. You cannot do it. It will destroy your franchise over the long haul. Ready for final big things for a month? Well, I, you know. I guess you don't have a choice. Right? Yeah, every time somebody asks me that, I always say, what's my choice? <laughs> your hey. choice is that we're going to play the music and get started. Hey, John, you ready for the game? Well, I'm going to play it. All right, let's go. Big thing, one accomplishment, obviously. When you finish the season on a loss in the playoffs, it's tough. It leaves a taste in your mouth, no matter whether you were supposed to be there or not. But Doug Peterson said on Monday in his final media gathering of the 2022 season that he did acknowledge what got done this year and felt it was important for these guys to appreciate it and feel accomplished. I think there is a sense of accomplishment um, for you know everything this team has gone through over the last year and a half. Um, to go from you know one of the worst teams record-wise a year ago to winning a playoff game this year, there is a sense of accomplishment, you know, and it's just a credit to these guys, you know, to have the. It all starts in the off season, and it starts with the amount of people that we had and the players that we had here in the off season to build the foundation to 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 you know start there, and then to just keep building upon that. It wasn't you know obviously. You know, it wasn't a pretty season by any means. I mean, we had we had that stretch in there; it was pretty rough on us. But you know, to every every guy in there right now, um, they all had a belief that we could we could accomplish our goals. 
Big thing, too, and this is an important one, and one we'll talk about a lot over the next couple of months, continuity, familiarity. The Jaguars, for the first time since the 19 and 20 seasons, will have the same coaching staff in place. Obviously, the talent level is much higher. So you've got a quarterback who is coming back to the same coaches and the same system and the same players. Well, Doug Peterson says it best. You cannot overestimate what that means. It's huge. It's it's the same thing I've been telling the players this morning. The ones I've seen is, you know, especially the guys that are going to be back. I mean, there's familiarity, you know. Uh, when the off-season program starts, they know exactly what to expect. They know what to expect during OTAs. They know what to expect during training camp. They know the offense, the defense. They know special teams. So it, it's – and then for Trevor, it's, it's everything. There's continuity. There's consistency. He knows the guys he's going to be throwing the ball to. He knows the coaching staff who's going to be coaching him. And – um, that's that's uh, that, that's a big that's big for us and in, in from year one to year two and and um, those are the you know the the jumps that teams make is usually year one year two possibly into year three um, <clears throat> but for our quarterback you know who had a great year this year he'll only get better just having that that consistency around him. And wrapping up big things with decisions, Trent Baalke told us yesterday when he met with the media that they would get the coaching and scouting staffs together today. So the process of figuring out the who and the when and the how much and all of that begins right now. You know, it's hard to put a time frame on it. It could be a day. It could be a couple of days. Um, but, you know, we're going to do the best for the Jags, you know, and in, in, in making sure that we have the right people here and, and um you know, a lot of the guys that are free agents, I mean, they're, they're the right type of guys that we want, you know, and, and, uh, and we hope to try to, you know, at least make an impact, you know, in trying to re-sign our own. And those are big things on a Wednesday morning. And, John, the continuity one is the one I'm going to go back to first because it is so critical that this year um, you will have a quarterback and his receivers and a running back and largely his offensive line with the same coaching staff all on the same page when the offseason program begins. Well, I understand we have to run the whole soundbite. You could have cut it when Doug said it's everything. Yeah. Because if you believe that Doug Peterson knows or has an idea how this is going to go, which he's, if I do believe that because he, he's proven that, he said over and over early in the season, if you remember, first year in this system is difficult for Trevor and these receivers to be where they ought to be. Remember, I mean, I, and that was a theme throughout Early. up until two and six and even, even up until about four and eight, he pounded that theme and everybody said, Oh, he's making excuses. This, well, well he was right. And once they got a little familiarity, look what happened. He, he has not said this because you don't say this as a coach. I firmly believe that he believes that this thing's going to take off in year two in this system and and that Trevor is going to absolutely a skyrocket. Whatever you saw from him is, is going to be on steroids next year. Um, I, I was asked a few days ago, what does he need to improve the most? When he's at his best, very little. What he needs to improve is the consistency. Um, you know, all the slow starts. All that. Well, don't you believe – it's not that we haven't seen it. 
we just didn't see it very often for entire games, which is why they were coming back. It's why they were it, it's why they were ten and eight and not fourteen and three. Um, the consistency and continuity theme. People are going to get tired of us talking about it, but I, I cannot believe it. for the first eight games of next season. I think you are going to see and healthy as long as everything is what we think is going to be. I think it's going to be off the rails. Well, look, just go back to the mic'd up that we began the show with, where you had Zay Jones yeah. standing next to Trevor on the sidelines, and he said, we're going to be just fine. He knows. They all know where they're ending the season. They're ending the season, hopefully, they were hoping to be better is what I meant to say. But they know they will be. And now, and this is an X factor, now you mix in another receiver, an accomplished receiver, in Calvin Ridley, who we all expect will be reinstated between now and April 17th. Now you've got one more explosive piece to the puzzle. I just well, it's hard not to believe this whole thing isn't going to find a, a find its gear. We'll have Calvin Ridley will have his day that he's a huge topic this offseason. But think about this receiver core if you've got a guy drawing double teams. Yeah. I, I mean it's it, And that's why I think people are excited about it. Isaiah Jones had a really good year. Christian Kirk had a really good year and I'm I'm not sure that they were in their ideal roles. I mean, not, Christian Kirk, if you allow him not to have to be the go-to guy at times, and, and that's even – it's almost not a fair way to describe this offense because it doesn't play that way. It doesn't play go-to guy. But for people who understand, if defenses have to pay attention to Ridley or Kirk, you're adding one more guy. It's going to be huge. And uh, just one more thing more before we go cover. on. Wait, I'm sorry? It'd be more than – one more thing cover. Yeah. Um – the very top, the accomplishment part. Yeah. As a human being, you have to sometimes look back and say, "Okay, where are we, and what are we going, and, and where are we going?" They must take time to realize what an accomplishment this was. Uh, it shouldn't be the topic on April seventeenth. No. But right now, if as a person, if if you were involved in the heavy lifting this, and I'm not saying us, I'm saying the people who heavy lifted this thing, if you can't feel a sense of accomplishment out of this, you shouldn't be in this business. Well, the other word to use here is satisfaction, to be satisfied with what they got done this year. But it goes counter to the culture, and especially the culture in social media where it's always next, next, next. If you don't feel satisfied, then you're missing one of the great benefits to this season yeah. was a sense of satisfaction. Hey, they won. They had two of the most memorable home games here against the Titans and against the Chargers in Jaguars history, and they went on the road. And in the fourth quarter, with five and a half minutes left, they had a chance to put themselves in position to take the game. You must be satisfied with what got done this year and set your expectations for next year. Hey, we've got expectations for the next segment of this show. We're going around the locker room. We'll hear from a lot of the guys on this season when we return here to Jags Drive Time on a Wednesday morning from TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time, brought to you by our friends at Jet Home Loans. Brian and John with you wrapping up the season, and then we'll return on February 21st, and it will be an every Tuesday show throughout the offseason. Let's get right into the locker room. Monday, the players cleaned out their lockers, said goodbye to their teammates, and shared some thoughts on the season that was. And we'll begin with Travis Etienne, who finished a tremendous first year, even though it was his second year, first year after returning from injury. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I definitely did. I definitely uh, 
Really, um, I had my notes and uh, I was kind of just checking them uh, before I came here. And I, I really had a bigger year plan for myself. Uh, that's just kind of the belief I have in myself, uh, the system that Doug has around here. And uh, I feel like uh, there were times that I wasn't playing my best ball, but I feel like at the end of the season when the team needed me most, I started playing my best ball and that's what matters. And I feel I'm gonna take that momentum uh, next year and move forward with it. And he's a guy that they are expecting big things from. Yet, I don't know if he's necessarily going to have four or five years all bigger than 1,100 yards rushing, you know. But I don't think he needs to to be an incredibly important figure in this offense. I think as you, as the offense gets smoother and better, when I say smoother, it's mean more consistent. Um, I think he will complement the passing game more. And I think there'll be four or five games a year that he explodes. And 10 or 11 where he doesn't need to explode, and he has four or five key runs. But, but I think he's the perfect piece in this puzzle, if you follow me. Now, I do. And that's not to say – it's not to diminish his role, but it's never going to be an offense. I, I don't think ideally Doug wants an offense where you're turning around, hand the ball to the running back, and that guy's getting 140 yards a game. Right. So – but I think he is going to be a great complimentary piece. I, I wouldn't be surprised it, if there's another running back somewhere in the mix next year. Uh, although that's really a slight to Hasty, who did a great job. So I don't know that they have to improve that. But I don't know that ETN is going to be the primary, primary back. I, I, I think they like rotating him. Yeah. But I think he's a huge piece of this puzzle. And it, they would be worse without him. I think you're looking for a guy who, when you've got a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, yeah. you can hand it off to him 10, 12 times yeah, that's and probably salt what the I was win away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's Hasty, maybe that's Snoop Connor, but a guy who you just want to keep giving it to over and over and over and finishing off games. All right, the first overall pick in the draft last year was Trayvon Walker. He was a player of impact at times this season, and he told us on Monday that he wants to be a dominant player in his second NFL season. I always knew I could be a dominant player without question. It's just a fact of me knowing the ins and outs of football. Like, you have to really know the game of football to, once you're playing against such savvy guys as a lot of these veterans in the league. So, John, we knew that Trayvon Walker was a guy who wasn't going to win the sack battle in his first season against Aiden Hutchinson, who you all recall was the other player the Jaguars considered there and who went number two to the Detroit Lions. But that doesn't mean that he didn't have moments this year where you said, wow, look at the number one overall pick and his impact on the game. Yeah, he he, uh, he affected things. I don't think they would have been uh, nearly as good defensively. And I, and I don't think they were great defensively. I think they were spectacular at times defensively and effective defensively when they needed to be a lot. Uh, I think they would like to get more consistent in that area as well. But... I think Trayvon Walker was a big reason that they were as good as they were. Uh, to me, the judgment clock on him now starts because he he's playing a a a tough position to come in and uh, what he was trying to do to transition to a pass rusher and be effective as a rookie it is difficult. Uh, I don't I don't really pay much attention to rookie performance in terms of how I think they're going to be in their career now he needs to start being more impactful uh, 
And I think now you can start judging that a lot better than you can as a rookie. All right, we used the word continuity in the A block during big things. And John said, you're going to hear it a lot. Well, let's hear about it from the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. It feels good, you know, knowing that just the foundation that we have here, that we that we set this season and last off season, and just knowing that I'm going to be in the same system and all those things moving forward. I mean, I'm really excited to have that uh, experience and just have all this this tape to learn from and so many things that you know, as as many things that we did good this year. There's a lot of things that we can do better and just just the improvements that we can make and um, that's really exciting moving forward. I'm not going to have to learn a new offense and just to have that stability. Um, it's really exciting for myself for for all of our guys on offense and. Um, it's it's really exciting. I don't think he knows yet how excited he is. If it, if it makes any sense? Because yeah. um, he had been through this. Uh, I think he's been told by the coaches, "Hey, year two in a system is going to be really, you know, cool for lack of a better word." I think mean, he's hopeful. Um, I I think by next training camp, he will be able, from experience and authority, to say. Wow, uh, I, you know, and he probably won't because you don't want to give away your hand. But I think he, I think by next training camp, he will feel, uh, he he will feel sort of like a gambler in Vegas who knows how the game's going to come out. Well, look, in three, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. In three, so years, I think he's going to have confidence that, it, that it's going to be really special. In three years at Clemson, he had the same offense all three years. But in three years since, right, his right. last year at Clemson. And his first two years in the NFL, he's had different systems yeah. and different coordinators and different talent. So I'm sure that he's looking forward to feeling as if he's got a mastery of the offense as opposed to still learning the nuances and technology. Our one area that we paid a lot of attention to this year was the Jaguars' locker room. It wasn't necessarily very strong in 2021, and Doug Peterson made that <laughs> an emphasis. I know, I'm underselling <laughs> that at this point trying not to beat the drums of the past too loud this morning because it's the future that we're focused on. And Christian Kirk says from a locker room perspective, they got this one. Well, I think we have, like I said, the foundation here. We have the core guys that we need here to, you know, help, you know, keep that going, you know, what we have established. And, you know, for all the new guys that, that come in, um, to be able to buy into that. And it's on, you know, the leaders and the guys in this locker room to help you know, kind of insinuate that, you know, with them and, you know, for them to buy in. Um, but I know with, you know, Doug and, you know, Trent, with the type of guys that they look for and that they want to bring in, they're going to bring in the right guys. You know, they did it this year and they'll do it again. And so, you know, it'll be easy for those guys to come in and buy in. Yeah, um, we talked about it a lot all year, but I think in this final show, you've got to give the front office, uh, Trent Balky, whoever was doing the research on these guys, to me, this was an amazing free agent class. Uh, to be able to bring in guys who truly made an impact this fast, who all became core players very quickly. Uh, again, go down the list. Aluakon, Ingram, Kirk. Uh, and Zay Jones. Zay Jones, uh, Darius Williams. Uh, Brandon Sheriff. Arden Key. I mean, you're talking about, what, seven or eight guys. Yeah. All who had impact, all who fit, you know, we talk all the time about this team doesn't have core guys who have grown. Um, I think that's key. I think that's what the franchise will look like in five years. As a GM, when you don't have that, you try very hard to find free agents who can be that 
for the short term and come in and feel like they've been here four or five years. Those guys I listed, Brian, feel like they've been here for four or five years. Uh, and I think to that list you have to add Roy Robertson-Harris yeah, and right. Sean Jenkins from the year before. Absolutely. And, and uh, Marvin Jones. Yeah. Who uh, Marvin Jones to me was a remarkable story this year who didn't have the numbers that he's used to in his career, but had huge plays. Yeah. I mean, this team is not in the playoffs without Marvin Jones. Uh, and fit, accepted role, was leader. Uh, it, it, it was a remarkable job, credit to the players and the GM, for putting this together when, I don't know if people realize, everybody says in April, hey, here's my free agent list. And you see it on the internet. Here's my ideal free agents. It never works out. No. No. Unbelievable that it worked out this way where you feel like these guys, and I don't even know what this word means, but you feel like they're Jaguars. Yeah. And how many times, Brian, you've been here 27 years, 28, how many times have free agents come in and, and you can't wait to see them leave? Exactly. Hugh Douglas, for those of you who've well, been around a long time. Th- this ain't that. No. No, so it's, it's impressive. All right, three more we want to get through here. Josh Allen talked about the defense and the improvement that they saw this year. Starting back with Tennessee, I think uh, the sense of urgency picked up tremendously because we needed it to. Uh, so to have that approach, you know, going into the season next year early is it, going to be, you know, detrimental for us. But, uh, you know, I love what we had. love that we never waver. I love that we never quit on anybody or quit on each other, first and foremost. And we just saw what we could improve. And each week, each week we improved. Uh, we didn't get the takeaways we wanted to the last couple weeks. And, you know, and it goes back to when we won those games, we did what we needed to do as a defense. We did our, you know, stop the run, pressure the quarterback, create takeaways. You know, we do those three things, we win games. We didn't do those things as well. And we didn't, you know, the outcome was the outcome. Uh, so. You know, really, really coming back after another year of, of the scheme and knowing where we need to be and certain offenses that we're going to play this year, well, next year, uh, it's going to help out a lot. Yeah, and I think something he said there sort of hit home, and my guess is this is what they're kind of looking at. In the playoffs, they didn't have any takeaways. Um, so that's where the defense, it was great at takeaways all year. I think that's where you need to get a little higher-end pass rush overall consistency to get the takeaways against the better teams in big situations. And that's a little bit uh, – takeaways are tough, and two games isn't really a fair trend, but you know what I'm getting at. I totally I mean, do. They need to get you know higher-end pass rush. Uh, Josh Allen will be interesting next year. Um, he had a really good second half of the season. I know people are sort of down on him numbers-wise. You know, He's a little hard to figure out in terms of analysis in that way. I will be interested to see next year, can he be for the entire season what he was in the second half? If he is, that's good. So it's something to watch next year. Playing on his fifth-year option, yeah. his contract status, they could update it as well if they decided over the second half of the season – that he's worthy of it. He's got an $11.5 million fifth-year option, and they need some breathing room there. He might be one of those guys that they make a decision on. It would be interesting to see on on that front. He said the other day that they hadn't talked about it yet. Uh, It's probably something they're still talking about, so I don't know what's going on with that. That starts today. All right, two more. Foye Aluakon in the postgame at Arrowhead Stadium talked about his experience 
in his first playoff run. He talked about it again on Monday in terms of hitting that big-time football moment. The long season just to play playoff football. Um, that was all new to me. I put my heart in for a season. It's like, oh, we got more games. And uh, every, every game after that's a championship game. So um, to be right there with the contender, I feel like we didn't play our cleanest football. There we were, seven points down at the end of the game. Let's, let's do what we need to do early in the season so we can be our, playing our best football that late in the season. It's an important mind. I mean, uh, Trent mentioned it yesterday when he talked, uh, Trent Balky. And Doug's talked about it all year. So I, I think it's starting to permeate the franchise a little bit. There is a mentality that goes along with being in a, a perennial playoff team. And Doug talked about it all year, having to be prepared to play in, in January and into February. Uh, players, there had only been like 10 or 11 players who had been in the playoffs around here. So it didn't permeate the locker room. Foyer talked about sort of f- feeling it in January. Oh, okay, we got more games. And I think he went on to say, I think it was him who said it, yeah, I'll, my mindset next year will be that now. Yeah. Um, that's not nothing. If, if the players are expecting that, ready for it, uh, there's something to that. And Trent, I thought, said it in a very interesting way. Uh, it felt like after Detroit, and uh, Trent didn't reference Detroit, but putting two and two together, like the team sort of started to get how you had to prepare the intensity level that you needed to win this time of year. And you did sort of see them learn that. You saw the results come from that. I think all that sort of ties together. It, it's why I think you will see this team move into that status of every year. I don't say they win the division every year, cause, but every year contending, every year 10 wins-ish. It feels like they know mentally what it takes to get there now. All right, let's hear finally from Evan Ingram, who is the free agent most people are concerned with, the tight end coming off the best year of his career, and he's interested in being in Jacksonville. Yeah, um, I mean, conversations will get there. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I think everything will take care of itself in that aspect. But um, like I've said before, uh, it's definitely a place where I want to be um, and where I want to continue my career and, uh, you know, be a part of what's being built here for sure. I think he'll be back, and I don't want to minimize the drama of it. Uh, My understanding from both sides is that they both want to be back and feel like something's going to have to make it work. My sense is the franchise tag, if if everything doesn't work out, the franchise tag is a possibility for Evan. It it just seems right. To me, the bigger question, Jawan Taylor, who had a phenomenal year, um, I think they really want him back. And you wonder about the numbers getting stratospheric for a uh, for a right tackle in this league right now. Um, my sense is is they're both back, but Jawan's the one that I'll really watch. Not because Evan isn't isn't important, but my gut is that that works out. I hope they're both back because uh, Jawan Taylor is the kind of guy that you need draft, develop, turn into big time player, good guy to have around the locker room. Uh, that's the kind of guy when they talk about signing their own, that's what you want. I'll hold off because that's mine, this oh, or that, sorry. which is our next segment. We'll take a quick break and return. By the way, our broadcast today is brought to you by Publix. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. 
We come back with more of Jags Drive Time on a Wednesday morning here at the end of the season. Brought to you by Jet Home Loans. Well, Price.com is the easiest way for you to save money. There's comparison shopping, cashback, coupons. It's all in one spot, and it's free. Try Price.com today. This or that. This or that. And time for This or That on Drive Time. Johnny, what you got? Well, I know people are tired of the topic, um, but, you know, it's our show. <laughs> so, so, I'm not tired of the topic. I live so, both of them. Um, you know, uh, 96 or 2022. And this will be the last time that we really go over this. Because um, yeah, now we'll compare everything to 2022. Right. Well, and that's why I use it. That's why I use this as a topic. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That 96 was something that I always thought would never be repeated. Not because I looked back with rose-colored glasses on this great, you know, but because it was so unusual. And and because it was such a moment where a, a, a franchise that was unknown all of a sudden had, had relevancy. Well, this franchise needed that. And at, at two and six, you started mentioning it before I did, and I, I was like, let's just not go there. Because yeah, I not, saw that look in your eye when I mentioned it. It's not it going to be 96. Time. Right. Um, but, you know, I don't know which is more memorable. I, I think what's cool is 26 years apart, I have been told by some people, hey, I, I've always heard about 96. Uh, I, I read about it. Wow. This is what it was? Yeah. Yeah, it's what it was. How cool. So and that's what's really cool to me is 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 the fact that 96 2002 2022 whatever it's fun again and I hope that people who watch this embrace that what a ride what a moment how cool seasons like that entrench you yeah right they dig you into the community I thought about this um, as as it was going along and I thought which one would I say was was better which one was right. more important. I'm going to stick with 96 still because they got to the AFC Championship game. But if they had gotten there this year, gotten to the game, right? I, I probably would have said this year. But if you go back to, to 96, Tom Coughlin was 4-7 and seven and under fire. They were talking about firing him, mm-hmm. right? People in the community were like, you got to change coaches. It's a little different this year. Doug was sure. beginning, and he had some room. It wasn't the pressure situation that Tom was under that year, but... Had they won in Kansas City, I was fully prepared to say that 2022 was going to take a notch up. Here's the thing. Who cares? I, they were both right. wonderful. Yep. And, you know, at, as a couple old cynical guys, or I'm cynical, you're the rosy-eyed Osman, yeah. um, th- thankful to be a part of it. Sure. And uh, glad to have experienced it. Well, and that you're back because you spent all those years in Indy to see both ends. Yeah. Right? To see it again. Um, and I remember thinking in 96, wonder if we'll ever see this again. And I'm more glad, I and mean, I know we're way over, but um, we're on the internet, so <laughs> not really. Take your um, time. Glad for the fans. I've said this before, but to me it's the overriding theme of the season. This fan base that has been so loyal and so passionate and so uh, rained down upon from the national media that was always a great fan base. Uh, got sure. to enjoy this. Yep. Got to see it at the thrill of it. Got to see them at home. Uh, 
I I don't know short of a Super Bowl, I don't know how they how they could have been given more and how deserving it was. And their numbers grew because you brought a lot of people in who weren't necessarily committed fans and they enjoyed the ride as well. Okay, you touched on mine, so we'll go real quickly through it. Mine is Juwan Taylor or Evan Ingram. Which one do you want to get done most? Or let's change it. First, what's the priority? I'm going to say Juwan Taylor, and here's why. Because the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs showed me where this team has to go. When Mahomes was injured and they had Chad Henney on the two-yard line, from that moment forward in the game, the quarterback was clean. They took over the game. Juwan Taylor was a huge part, probably the best offensive lineman they had this year. I want to keep the offensive line going forward and getting better. So I'm saying Juwan Taylor is number one, and Evan Ingram comes in at a very close number two. Yeah, they're – gosh, you want them both. Yep. I mean, it, it's – it's uh, and I do think – my gut feeling is that I am 95% sure that Ingram's going to be here. Yeah, Juwan, just because of the nature of the position, the age, and how well he played – I worry about more. I, I worry about their you know, high-end contract that the Jaguars just say, you know what, we just can't match it. But we've talked so long about not letting your own guys, your good players, go. Now you finally have some. Here's sort of the dilemma. In this offense, uh, I think you can get by with without absolute top-end elite offensive linemen. Uh, I, I think – if Juwan's not here, I think they can win. I think they can get by. But I don't think you want to get by. Yeah. You follow me? No, Doug Peterson never did in Philly. Yeah. He wanted a big, yeah. talented offensive line. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, I just think he's a guy that you figure out a way to keep yep. because over the next few years he could come to symbolize, the, you know, the line. He could come to be the guy. What did, what did uh, Doug say? The other day, when asked about the offensive line, he said, "Do you like Trevor Lawrence?" Right. So yeah, so, yeah I, I, I mean, well, I, I, I sure got the yeah. sense that he was going to go pound the table to keep seventy-five. Oh, I think in teal. Yeah, I'm not sure the pounding table. Yeah, I absolutely agree, yeah. and I hope they're both back because I guess I feel this way about everybody in the locker room. As we close, what a great locker room it was yeah. to deal with. What a great as group good of as guys. It's ever been. And I do think that's why, if if you're watching this and, and you connected to this team, you were right to connect to this team because for the most part, these were really good guys and really good to work for. Made it a great season, and you know, right. so did you, Brian. Thanks, John. I really enjoyed it, especially after Miss Sullivan left and you and I stepped in here and had Who? to do this together. <laughs> exactly. I knew that was going to be a response. She's probably watching. Uh, okay, the broadcast and game day radio all season long. Brought to you by the good folks at ViStar, who remind you to do good and to bank better. And with that, we will exit to our final commercial break. Come back and put a bow on this show for this season right after this. Well, for the last nine years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all their available inventory. All right, back to wrap this up. We've been talking for 40 minutes or so, so I'm not sure there's a whole lot left to be said. Uh, dates of interest, we expect to hear something on Calvin Ridley shortly after the Super Bowl. Then um, uh, April 17th this year is the date that that we're talking about. That's when the players return for the offseason. Yeah, franchise tags will go on early early March, late February. 
Uh, free agency begins uh, mid-March. Again, I, I think it'll be far more about retaining own this yeah. year with maybe one or two guys from the outside. But uh, this is more now about quieter off-seasons and drafting and developing. Uh, the headlines from here on out, what you hope, is that they're during the season and not in March. Right. Um, and I guess the last thing to touch on, you know, we started this show last year about this team thinking six or seven. And to get to ten is just it far exceeded expectations. Doug Peterson and the job that he did is coach of the year material. Whether he gets that or not, there's so many votes that come from big markets. And New York had a big year with the Giants. and Obviously, San Francisco did this year as well. Um, and the job in Philadelphia that Nick Sirianni did. So they're all going to get a lot of attention. But let's not forget what it took to go from where they were a year ago to where they are today. Congratulations to Doug Peterson, and, and thank you to him and his yeah. staff. And, and a remarkable job. A coach of the year, whatever. I think he's going to be coach of the era yeah. over the next X number of years, however long he's here. Uh, because... To me, I've, I've, I've been around winning teams, been around losing teams. He has built something that I cannot see not winning, uh, uh, sustaining. Yep. So credit to him. I, I, um, I don't know how he could have done a better job. Nope. All right, that'll do it. Thanks to Joe and to Reber and to uh, Blake and Cho and the entire crew who helped us all season long in putting this process together and turning it into a show three days a week. We'll take a few weeks off. You should as well. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And we'll be back in late February with Jags Drive Time. Looking forward to 2023. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com.